So, Loey, this might come as a shock to you, but it turns out you can find some really <laughs> weird stuff online. Who would have thought, right? Season two, here we are. So one minute, you're searching for a photo of a dress that Kat Dennings wore at the VMAs, if you're me. And the next minute, you realize it's been six hours and you're a thousand pages into a conspiracy theory that her fiancé, Andrew, has been replaced by the Illuminati. Also, if you're me. <laughs> if you're us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know exactly what you mean, Eleanor. Sometimes the weirdest things you can find online aren't even stories at all. Sometimes they're creepy. Sometimes they're just fun. And sometimes they're just all around mysterious. Exactly. Do you remember? This is like our greatest hits, Cat Dennings and Eels. Do you remember eelslap.com? <laughs> yes. Okay, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. So when you go there, you see a static picture of this white dude with short red hair. He's staring at you. And if you're like me, you're like, what is this dude hiding? Why is he just staring at me through the computer? Please move a little bit. Uh, tell me what you got to tell me. But then you move your mouse across the screen and somebody slaps him with an eel. And that's, you know, that's the entire site. It's honestly kind of satisfying. Oh, eel slap. It's amazing. It's on my bookmarks, man. Did you know that the website was originally created as a promotion for a fighting game where you slapped people with fish? Eel slap became so popular in Japan that eelslap.com was created so that people could play it whenever. Long story short, the internet is weird, and it's peppered with millions of weird websites, many of which don't have any kind of rational explanation. To be honest, you and I could sit here all day talking about the weird websites you can find on the internet, and in fact, I think that sounds like a good idea. I agree. Let's put on those wetsuits, deep dive in, and surf the web, baby. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your friendly neighborhood true believer, chronically online individual who is ready to talk about the internet today. And I am Eleanor, your perpetually stubborn skeptic, Eel Stan again. I will fight hard to get them in every episode that I can. Eel slap the new Mothman? <laughs> Eel versus Mothman is tough because is tough. a mother is never meant to prioritize one child <laughs> over another. And Mothman as a creature versus the concept of eels are about in the same spot yeah. in my mind in terms of affection. Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for. We might scare ourselves into staying up all night. One thing is for sure, we've all definitely found something a little bit different when it comes to the web, and we're glad to have you guys along for the ride for this one. Dude, I feel like this podcast could not be online if I started to talk about, like, the things that I found on the internet. Oh, like, yeah. I have found such a string of bizarre unsettling just like i have seen so much on the internet has anyone even attempted to make like an internet iceberg or is that just way Ooh, too big i think it's too big because like, like the niche, way right? that i've always seen it is like they divide it off into like reddit iceberg youtube iceberg mm -hmm. like, the web is just massive oh interesting i've only seen like disturbing content iceberg like movies oh, or things oh, like yeah. that okay yeah like even then i, I guess big. you're right way it's too way big. too big Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, let's start with one of my favorite weird websites, Comeda Love Mail. Comeda Love Mail is a Tumblr blog run by an unknown number of moderators. The blog's description has claimed at various times that there are as few as 2,000 and as many as 7,000 people running the site. So the reason we're talking about it today is that it's like such a smorgasbord of like who's who. Like, okay. It's all these... Okay, we're getting into it. Never mind. I don't want to spoil this. It's such a good reveal when you realize what everyone is doing moderating this website. The blog is named after the video game character Nagito Komeda from the Japanese game series Danganronpa. And if you think this is a normal Danganronpa fan blog, well, you're in for a treat. I also apologize profusely to Danganronpa, Danganronpa sans (laughs) everywhere. I simply don't know how to say it, and I've seen so many different pronunciations. However, you guys know what I'm talking about. Comeda Love Mail began as a self-described positivity blog where you could send love mail to people. That sounds lovely. Why is it here on the podcast? (laughs) That's because over the years, it has evolved into something else entirely, something much, much stranger. At some point in 2016, the blog started posting weirder and weirder stuff as the year went on. Post popped up worshiping Comeda religiously, with his birthday, April 28th, being treated like a holiday. Each post leads you down a rabbit hole linking to hundreds of other pages with stories like the following. The blog claimed that, instead of the Big Bang, the universe was created when Cometa came into existence. Okay. First things first. It's not the craziest thing in the world. It's very Tumblr, right? Very Tumblr. There is no God. There is no Inception. This anime character is what created the world. Right. But it does get a little bit more detailed. They claim that... He came into existence in the fetal position Mm -hmm. and was billions of feet tall, big boy, floating through space until he found the Earth. Aw, like the giant uh, incest baby from Rick and Morty. Exactly. That's exactly the vibe. (laughs) Precisely. (laughs) Now, at some point, it's said that Cometa supposedly died and an entire species was created by splicing his cells. This species is referred to as the Cometa kind, and they all somewhat resemble Cometa. Fully grown Cometa kinds are called mod Cometas or mods. And if the term mod sounds like moderator, that's the entire point. Everyone on this blog who was a moderator was essentially claiming to be, I guess, Cometa mods, mod Cometas. Yeah. Just like fully grown. They're like, I am mod Cometa years old. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Actually, Anthony Padilla episode, spending a day with Cometa kind, when? I think that would be fascinating. I really think that would be fascinating. Genuinely. I'll cut to the chase right now and tell you all that the Cometa Love Mail blog is a very deep rabbit hole. The project is so large in scale that somebody made their own wiki for it, which has over 6,000 pages, 6,000 pages, explaining a Tumblr blog. 
In comparison, the official Danganronpa wiki barely has over 8,000 pages, 6,000 pages, explaining the Tumblr. Well, I mean, if they have 7,000 people creating yeah. content, how many people do they have for the actual official like Danganronpa, you know, franchise? Numerous theories exist for what the purpose of Komeda Love Mail is supposed to really mean, and many people believe that this is an ARG, or an alternate reality game, or at least an attempt at one. However, considering how messy it is, listen, you go to that website, and it's, it's a no man's land. People are uh, like responding to anonymous questions on there, and you just have no idea who anybody is or what they're talking about. And like, anyway, they're all posting as one hive mind, I guess. It's pretty messy. There are so many mods there, so it wouldn't be clear what the end game would even be for an ARG, let alone the website itself. It also seemingly doesn't all have to do with Komeda. Correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the links take you to other strange things. Yeah. Like, for example, one of the links take you to a fully interactive visual novel. There are actually a couple of these, but the most famous one is where you have a one-sided conversation with a sad clown. Impressively, the game is actually fully voice acted. Like, why can they do what Pokemon can't? Why? Um, a choice. Over the years, the blog went through a bunch of strange phases. So in 2017, it was <laughs> apparently horse-themed. Kameda horse-themed. Kameda horse girls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And much like that interactive visual novel, for a while, the entire site was also clown-themed. Again, this is interesting because there are so many mods. They are all behaving as this hive mind. Yeah. I don't understand how these things are agreed on. I couldn't find any of the horse content, which was really, really tragic mm -hmm. because that sounds like its best era, but I love to imagine it's just like Danganronpa, but like My Little Pony Edition, like everyone is a horse, just inexplicably. Everything is business as usual, but they are all four-legged. Long story short, this entire site is a mess. It's a massive rabbit hole that branches off into 12,000 different directions, but the craziest part is that even with 7,000 mods, it's not the deepest rabbit hole you can go down online. Listen, big fan of anime and also anime style games. I don't know anything about Danganronpa. I don't know anything about Komeda. So I don't know why they are worshiping him in the sky like some kind of giant baby floating through space. I also don't know why there are thousands of people kind of role playing as a hive mind. But I do think that this is really interesting. For the sheer fact alone that there are thousands of people who all collectively came together and was like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. Like you... Tumblr itself was like a giant blog forum posting site, but there are, are subreddits on Reddit that have way more than 7,000 people all like chatting about something similar. It's really interesting this is going down on Tumblr and surrounds something entirely fictional. But I do feel like we've seen these communities like in other places online. This also is by far, by mm -hmm. far not the most disturbing Tumblr hive mind situation. This one's like pretty yeah. lighthearted and wholesome compared to some of the groups you can find on Tumblr. For sure. For sure. Up next, we'll be talking about a completely baffling website that makes the Komeda Love Mail rabbit hole look like a simple Google search. Now let's talk about the nightmare website known only as 973 at Namu. 
If you're asking yourself, well, what is et namu? What language is that phrase in? It's just the human backwards. There's no real official pronunciation for this. So et namu, we are talking about. If you go to www.973-et-namu-973.com, you will find a strange website full of seemingly nonsensical numbers, letters, photos, and artwork. What you're actually seeing on this website is one of the internet's most notorious unsolved puzzles. On the front page, you'll be greeted with an upside-down triangle of text that says Amaze and Abracadabra. Yeah, man, Amaze and Abracadabra, I don't really know. However, if you're like, well, I want to know what Amaze and Abracadabra is, and you click on it, you'll be greeted with three rotating pinwheels. Click on that, and you're suddenly face-to-face with a huge string of orange and red text on a black screen that says things like 9973, I am that I am, I that am, that nine, that am, that I. Za, 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 blessed be that name, be blessed, and so on. It goes on for a while, and it just gets progressively weirder. Exactly. All of that is super weird, but is nothing compared to what's next. So as you explore the website, you might notice that there are a few links here and there hidden in random pictures of things like arrows and orbs. If you click on one of the orbs yourself, you're taken to a massive page called the Evocation, which seems to scroll forever and is filled with texts like, In the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful, may God bless thee and keep thee, may God, all in caps, I should mention Mm -hmm. as well. There are also a number of weird paintings, which I'm kind of here for. One of them can only be described as a man made entirely of eyeballs, labeled the Eye of Horus, 1977. Another is a distorted, almost postmodern picture of stretched out people that seem to be melting into each other, labeled the Nuclear Family, 1969. So maybe you get sick of scrolling. You head back to the top and notice even more links. You're literally trapped in this rabbit hole. Click these links and you'll find more simple pages filled with individual numbers, arranged like one, two, three, and so on. And each of those link to unique different websites. Amazingly, there's even a forum on the website, like an actual live web forum. And most of the people in there are just really confused. They're all going to the web forum and they're like, where are we? I love that. I love a lot of people just like gathering in a corner mm-hmm. of the internet being like, what are we doing? That'll happen on TikTok. Like you'll see yeah. a really weird video and all the comments will be like, oh, why are we here at 2 a.m.? <laughs> you know? One user named Toasty Man made a post that basically boiled down to, hey, what is going on with this website? And he received a very very long answer that started off by saying, this website is a knowledge collection, exchange, and transference site designed to promote learning, which will lead visitors onto alternative positive thought paths that in turn will motivate them to become part of a universal mind, another hive mind. (laughs) There's one thing we know about the internet. (laughs) Everybody wants to talk. The message goes on for numerous paragraphs and is just, I mean, confusing, as is the whole website itself. So what is the deal with it? What do we think it's all about? For the first few years the website was up, people theorized that it could be a cult or aliens or, I don't know, cryptids, something scarier than what you'd expect online, right? But it turns out that the website was actually originally set up by a surrealist artist based out of the UK named David Dennison. Apparently, David had an interest in painting, numerology, religion, spirituality, all the things that you find on the site, Mm -hmm. and he decided to combine them all into one massive, seemingly kind of interactive art project. 
In fact, all of the artwork you see on there is David's own. This is so impressive to me mm-hmm. that like, what a project, truly what a project. He didn't come up with this idea entirely on his own. He did get the thought from a book called Number Nine, The Sigma Code, which explains that there are many, many mathematical patterns you can find out in the real world that begin with the number nine. Big nine project. Okay. Massive. Love it. But mystery essentially solved. The website isn't a crazy cult. It wasn't aliens. It wasn't some like really weird group of people trying to communicate in code. It was a really, really wild website set up by one really wild dude. There is, however, one part of the mystery of this website that's left. Even though we know where the website came from, the puzzle itself on the site has never actually fully been solved. We don't even really know if it's solvable. To close out the episode here and talking about the 973 website, there are some people who believe that it is solvable because a lot of the, I guess, just like smaller quote unquote puzzles on the website are solvable and people have gotten through them almost like they're like math problems, like equations. There are massive Google spreadsheets floating around online also breaking the 973 website down almost like a map. You know, when you go into a museum and they're like, hey, do you want a map? Like, that's Mm -hmm. what the Google spreadsheet is. It's just for the Surrealist Art website. That being said, the interest on this one really did die down when it was revealed that it is an art project. If there's an answer to this problem, if it is solvable, I don't know that anyone's even necessarily, like, interested or dedicated enough to solve it. So fascinating. We talk about that all the time, how all the mystery of an ARG or, you know, a mystery, like, the wind is taken out of the sails as soon as we know the originator. It just Isn't that flops crazy? immediately. It's nuts. I think the ARGs are really popular online because they're unexplainable. Because mm-hmm. people rationally know that like somebody's making this up, but they want to figure out why. What's the point? Right. What's the payoff? You know. And then the minute that they're like, "Oh, you're making this," okay, goodbye. You know, like yep. that does happen a lot. Weirdly, the only place that that doesn't happen are on YouTube ARGs, and I think that's just because when people make YouTube channels. I, I don't know. They're just already using their names. I think or there's they have also other like, content. Yeah, there's some sense of authority. Yeah. You know, like if a, if a famous YouTuber or even somebody who's willing to like create a tangible following, put something online, then you still sort of feel like, I don't know, maybe you're invested in something that somebody who is smart enough to really execute this is performing. But when it's just mm-hmm. a random website and you find out it's just this artist, like as soon as it's demystified, who's creating this puzzle, if it really is this difficult, I feel like they probably started looking into the artist and being like, why would this guy know how to write something like this? You know, like as long as it's anonymous, you can kind of believe that you're being led down this journey by this like hyper intelligent, spiritually enlightened genius who's creating this puzzle. And then when it's just a person and it's not a famous YouTuber you follow, it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. Like literally. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Back to Comeda Love Mail. I, I kind of forgot about Comeda Circle Love on back. Mail. Back to Comeda Love Mail, baby. Do we think that this is an ARG or a bunch of nonsense? To be totally honest with you, as someone who looks at the website for mm, five minutes, I would be led to believe that it is a lot of nonsense. Mm-hmm. And if there was an ARG implemented with 7,000 potential moderators, how do you even keep that organized? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a community. It reminds me more of role-playing, which is obviously like a huge pillar of Tumblr back in the day. It just feels like a massive role-playing blog that has like 
really gotten out of hand and become something else. Because I remember mm -hmm. there used to be like, for Draco Malfoy, there would be a blog run by seven people that all pretended to be Draco. And the like the groups would get bigger and bigger, people who had access to this Tumblr. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably how it started. And then just became this like massive community of something else. There are people who believe that Comeda love mail is essentially just a gigantic joke. And it's like a lot of people, like not even just role playing, just like fully following a joke. I think that your explanation of like people role playing makes a lot more sense because Tumblr is the home of the role play. I think they're both right. Like I said, I think really? it started as role playing, but there's no yeah. way 7,000 people are role playing like as Kameda horses. I think it's yeah. definitely true that now it's just a shit posting site that, like I said, has gotten out of hand, but it probably did start as a group role play. I loved this episode. Creepy websites. Me Weird too. web, man. And I still feel like we've only scratched, like, the literal mm. tip of the iceberg. And only slightly scratched the itch in my brain that needs to know about all the creepy things. We want to know, do you guys have a favorite mysterious weird website? Actually, that would be so interesting. Do you guys have, like, a favorite website, even if it was, like, a flash site from when you were younger? We want to know everything about your weird internet finds. Well, maybe not everything. We want to hear most things about your weird internet finds. Let us know all over social media what you think of the episode with hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loey and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free, exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery, and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Chelsea Parker, and is associate produced by Gitu Meira and Tracy Levy. Research and script writing provided by Jed Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome. <laughs>